Well, boys, what are you going to sing? The squeezer was not any use. A lemon without any juice. Hi, I'm Jacob. And I'm Annie. And you're listening to Boo to a Goose, a podcast about idioms, expressions, and slang. From across the pond. This is one of, uh, a request, I mean, I wouldn't say this is a requested episode, Mm. but this is one that is said a lot. Yeah. And we decided that it's time to really talk about what Cheerio means. Yeah, and it's one that irritates me. Mm-hmm. It provides me with a lot of frustration. Sure. That I'm now going to take out on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because people just think it it means hello. Yeah, people think it means hello, which it doesn't. It's the opposite. <laughs> and it's used um, in many respects. It's been used... Uh, to parrot my accent back at me. Yeah. It's a Those very... of you listening who think, hey, I know a British person. I love doing my British accent in front of them. <laughs> they hate it. <laughs> I mean, it's just like when you meet someone in a bar, like I've met one of your friends in a bar and they're like, oh, great, a British person. I can do my accent. Ha ha, pip pip, cheerio. And I'm like, you are literally just saying goodbye over and over again to me. Do you want me to leave? Should, should I leave? It's not, it's not aloha. It's not shalom. It it's, means one of the things. It means one thing. Yeah. And the thing it means is goodbye. It means goodbye. So if you're entering a conversation where you're impersonating a British person, right. you're just using it as a turn of phrase, you're trying to say it as hello, it just means goodbye. It just means goodbye. If you approach me and go, oh, hi, Annie. Cheerio. I'm like, oh, great. The conversation's ending. <laughs> Bye-bye. Let's get the heck out of here. <laughs> Person saying cheerio. Yeah. It just means goodbye. It's the one thing it means. Yeah. It just means goodbye. Yeah. I mean, it's a specific type of goodbye. Sure. It's okay. not, you know, like, it's not, you don't say it when, like, you're never going to see the person again. <laughs> you know you don't say it when you, you wouldn't like uh you wouldn't say it if you were like dropping someone off a building like in Die Hard I mean unless you wanted the comedy value yeah that's true it's kind of like see ya or it's kind of like it's meant to be breezy mm-hmm. like a quick goodbye see you later do people do people still say it yeah okay yeah, it's not died out. People do say cheerio. All right. Um, I, yeah, I've heard many people say cheerio to me. Um, it's not something me and my family use. Like, you probably haven't heard us say it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, people say cheerio. People will even use it like, um, bye, cheerio, bye. Actually, yeah, I think people, maybe some people in my family do use it. Yeah, it's common. Cheerio is common. It's like okay. Tar. It's common. All right. Interesting. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've not heard anyone in your circle say it. I might. I would say it more if people didn't repeat it back to me. <laughs> yeah, living in America, you, yeah. you're just like this isn't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> um, smell you later. Have you have you started using smell you later yet? No. It's like the California. No, that's not a thing. Smell I thought it was Bart Simpson's. Uh, he said, "Smell you later." Oh. Bart Simpson says it? I don't think yeah. that was Bart Simpson. I mean, like, there, there's there's a Simpsons episode that takes place in the future where Bart and Ralph are, like, in their 20s and they live together. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they say, and everyone's saying smelly later to each other. And then 
at one point, I don't remember who it is exactly, but says, can you believe that Smell You Later completely replaced Goodbye? Oh, that's what I'm thinking of, yeah. And then much later in the episode, uh, Bart and Ralph have a big fight, and Ralph goes, smell you later, Bart. Smell you later forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's... Simpsons now available on Disney+. Plus. Oh, God. Um, I wish they'd give us some money for that. Oh, my God. If uh... we had Simpsons money? <laughs> anyway, Cheerio um, is not the same as smell you later. Right. Um, and it's just, this is the exact definition, the, the dictionary definition. It's an upbeat parting exclamation. Okay, that's it. It's yeah. upbeat. It's an upbeat parting exclamation. Sure. Um, so it's often linked, and I want to talk about some other phrases while we're talking about Cheerio, mm-hmm. because um, this is my chance to get it all out. Okay. Um, all out of my system. Cheerio is not the only thing people say to me. Right. Yeah. The other things people say to me when they're impersonating a British person or doing a parody of a British person is toodle pip or toodle So cheerio, toodle pip, toodle o. They also just mean goodbye, Toodle-o? Jacob. Toodle o? Toodle o. I thought it was toodle loo. Toodle o, toodle o, whatever. Oh, okay. I don't know. They're not phrases I use. Toodle o, yeah. Toodle o, I sometimes hear toodle o. Like, toodle o is also kind of like lighthearted and like silly. Uh, they all mean goodbye. Yeah. And they're not phrases that are commonly used today. Sure. What, cheerio? But toodle pip and toodle o. <laughs> toodle, toodle pip sucks. Like, I'm just going to come out and say it. Toodle <laughs> pip. Do, do people say toodle pip? No. Okay, that one's not a thing. That's not in the current rotation. Um, it's not in the current rotation. When I looked Good, because it, it's awful. When I looked it up, um, toodle pip and toodle um both had kind of Victorian... Um, Usage. So they were more likely used in the Victorian era. Um, one of them said that um, it was uh, possibly um, Toodle is uh, and Toodle Pip and Pip Pip possibly came from the writings of P.G. Woodhouse. I was going to say, it reminds me, like, uh, Toodle Pip sounds like, uh, what I was going to say was, Toodle Pip sounds like a do- the name of a dog owned by a villain in a Mark Twain <laughs> But... Um, yeah, P.G. Woodhouse. Uh, for those of you not familiar with P.G. Woodhouse, uh, very prolific. Sorry, and- that is a really cute dog's name. Toodle Pip? I think I could like turn 360 degrees on this saying if it wasn't said to me by Americans constantly making fun of me. And instead, we just got a dog and named it Toodle Pip. Turn how many degrees? 360. That'd be, you'd turn all the way around if you could turn the same direction. I'd turn all the way around. Turn, no, no, that's, that you're facing. I the, would turn around on the subject. A 180 is I would for. turn 360 degrees <laughs> and I would look at things in a new way. Babe, that's not, <laughs> you just did a twirl. <laughs> yeah, I would twirl around on that point and I would change my mind. Great. Is that not what that means? That's seriously not. Uh, three, three to six degrees. That's the entire circumference of a circle. Yeah, I would turn around. Turn around. No, okay. Uh, <laughs> let's continue. Let's continue with the episode. Anyway. Uh, PG Woodhouse, could you just brief us a bit on who the uh, PG Woodhouse is? Could you just brief us a little bit? On who <laughs> I, I can. Uh, he's a very prolific uh, fiction writer, um, novels, short stories. Uh, his most famous characters are um, Bertie Wooster, who is like a rich layabout playboy doofus, and his butler Jeeves. Ask Jeeves, remember the, the search engine Ask Jeeves? That's where this comes from. The name Jeeves as a butler was created by um, P.G. Woodhouse. 
Uh, you may remember the characters of Jeeves and Wooster. They were portrayed by Hugh Laurie and Stephen Fry mm. on the show Jeeves and Wooster, which is really how those two actors, that's how they came into prominence, essentially. That was yeah. before they had their sketch show, before they had a bit of Fry and Laurie before. That was a bit before my time, and yes. I never, I've never watched it. But then Hugh Laurie was house, and Stephen yeah. Fry is like the people consider him to be like the smartest British person. Oh, people love him. He's yeah. like, yeah, he's he's like royalty in England. It's weird to think of them as like there was a period where they were known as being these somewhat bizarre sketch comedians, and now they're like two of the most respected actors. I mean, one of the reasons I know P.G. Woodhouse is because your dad's a big fan of P.G. Woodhouse, right? My parents, uh-huh. uh, yeah. It, they, and to big. be honest, I mean, it's not something we study in school. It, it's not something I've known anyone else read, so I've had no exposure to it. Oh, really? Nah. Like not people of your parents' generation. I mean, neither of my parents say into him. Oh, okay. Um, my mom likes sci-fi. My dad was always busy with schoolwork, but you know, he's more interested in geography. Yeah, nonfiction. He's yeah. more of a nonfiction reader, yeah. Um although he does read some travel books. Anyway. Sure. Um yeah, no, neither neither of them ever spoke to me about him and we never learn about him in school. Yeah, he's not like in the in the literary canon or anything. Oh. He's yeah, it's 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 popular fiction. But I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It but it's a different sort of oh, anyway, let's talk about Anyway, he's going on my naughty list this year. P.G. Woodhouse. Yeah, I feel like he's done nothing but harm it's, to me. It's December. It's, it's, that means this is a Christmas episode. Must we? Must we incorporate religious holiday themes? Uh, it's not necessarily religious. Judaism has no concept of a naughty list. Judaism has no concept of a naughty we list. We don't do a naughty list. We don't yeah, keep track. Yeah, but Santa came to you. All right, we don't need to get into my personal history. Yeah, and like I'm sure that, you, like, did your parents ever tell you Santa would not come if you were naughty? I don't know. What? <laughs> anyway, P.G. Woodhouse is on my naughty list Great. because he's just perpetuating these um, British stereotypes and ideas. From these books he wrote 100 years ago? Yeah, I'm very mad at him. Okay. Is he around? Can I write him a letter? I highly doubt it. <laughs> Hopefully he's not one of our five listeners in the UK. <laughs> Sorry. We keep track. Um, anyway, um, so the idea of these phrases... Um, they're used in P.G. Woodhouse, but they did originate before. Um, but he's just kind of, from people reading his works, he's kind of just propagated. Like, he's just propped them up, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so the, he, the idea of um, toodaloo um, maybe came from a French expression. Oh, God, I'm not going to say this right. Are you good at pronouncing French? Point it up. Point it uh, up. At two? Well, the, the issue here is that I can't read your handwriting. That's rude. A tu la hua. A tu alouer. A tu alouer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I took yeah. French in high school, and the only thing I pick, could pick up was on was the pronunciation. Okay. Wow. Um. So that means see you soon. Okay. A tu la hua. So it might have... <laughs> okay. So it might have come from that. A tu alouer. Or there's an argument Um. given that um, this other phrase, pip pip... Um, being mixed with toodle pip and then later toodle um being related to uh, imitating the sound of an air horn that was fitted to early bicycles. Mm. Um, and and it's seen as like a hue or a cry after somebody. Um, mm. And maybe, you know, it's been used in reference to people shouting pip. It's an onomatopoeia. Onomatopoeia. Onomatopoetic. Onomatopoeia. Onomatopoeia, yeah. But if it's a, if you're using it as an adjective, it's onomatopoetic. Oh, cute. Yeah. Um, cute. Oh. No, no, no. <laughs> it doesn't have to be. Anyway, so 
the point that I'm trying to make that sure. we're coming down to is nobody says too low, nobody says too to pip. No one says pip pip. No one says these too are low. like these are like phrases that have arguably come from either a French derivative where somebody's just gone misheard the French pronunciation and just says or it's come from somebody somebody imitating a bike like in a children's TV show pip, pip. yeah so either way whatever the origin of these it's like words, one of those old-timey cars nobody says them anymore but cheerio I've got no beef with cheerio I like cheerio we do use it but for the love of God America it means goodbye, not hello. So you, what you're saying is that you estimate that Cheerio originates from the text of P.G. Woodhouse? No. Oh, no. No. Those were, I was talking about um, other sayings. Oh, that, that was a tangent. Uh, that was a tangent. Other sayings that are similar to Cheerio. Gotcha. Cheerio itself has different um, origins. Are you ready for the origins of Cheerio? Let's get into it. Okay. Cheerio first appeared around 1896 as Chiro. Just C-H-E-E-R-O. It then changed in 1918 to Cheerio. C-H-E-E-R-I-O. Sure. It comes from the word cheer. So this is a sequel well, to it, our Cheers episode. Yeah, it just it's cheer. That's it. That's, that's the origin. Bye! The end. Oh... So it comes from like the, well, but how did it become a, what's the opposite of a greeting? <laughs> I, I don't know. It, I mean, it's, it's part of the definition is that it's meant to be upbeat and mm-hmm. it's meant to be cheery and it's meant to be breezy. It's meant to be a nice way to say goodbye. So I guess instead of saying cheers. Cheero. You just say. Cheero sounds cheerio. like dish che- soap. Cheers to you. Cheero. Why would, cheerio. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like how goodbye was God be with you or something. Really? Yeah, I don't remember where I heard this, and it might not even be accurate. And feel free to lambast <laughs> me in the comments. God knows we'd love to have some. But um, yeah, uh, Chiro, uh, or excuse me, uh, I, I, it, it is told that goodbye, the original full phrase was God be with you. And then over a long time, it was shortened to goodbye. Oh, that's kind of creepy. That, that, that reminds me of The Handmaid's Tale, where they like, when they say goodbye to each other, they say, and under his eye. Ugh. And it's like, Ugh. do you think that if, if the Handmaid's Tale took place over a longer period of time in a dystopian future, do you think that would just get shortened to eye, handy eye or something? Under his eye? And an eye or something. And under his eye. All the way down. And eye. And I, Yeah. Who knows? Hopefully... And I, maybe. Hopefully and I. The rebellion wins in that dystopian future does right. continue. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Is, are they still making Handmaid's Tale books? Um, Margaret Atwood recently wrote one. Okay. Um, but I, it, sh- she's not like a serial novelist in the same way that Harry Potter is. Okay. Um, she wrote the original one that the TV show is based on. Mm-hmm. And then she... I don't know if there was an original one or two, but then she, she, it's been like decades before she wrote another book. And that's the recent um, one. I need to read it. Anyway. Anyway. Um, another common misconception with the word cheerio, Jacob. Sure. Is that it's related to something. 
Is it the cereal? Yeah. Hooray! It's not. The word oh. that we use in England is not related to the cereal. Okay. Do you... But that's another common misconception. Sure. Would you like to know a little bit more about the cereal? Yeah, because definitely. This the word Cheerio doesn't have a, a huge origin story to fill our podcast. <laughs> so I looked up the origin story of Cheerios. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love cereal. It's, I'm a big fan. Um, so Cheerios, um, basically, um, they were one of the first oat-based cereal to break through the market. Did you know that, Jacob? The first oat-based cereal to make a breakthrough in the market? I guess, yeah. Yeah. Um, corn and rice mm-hmm. and wheat cereals already had a stronghold in the marketplace sure. by this point. But there hadn't been a strong oat-based cereal. I mean, porridge, but that's not cereal, right? Right. So Cheerios... One like of cold the, cereal. Yeah, like yeah. with milk. Um, so Cheerios um, first debuted in 1941. Okay. Not long ago. But they weren't I mean, cornflakes are significantly older. They're like a good 20, 30 years older than that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, they debuted as Cheery Oats. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, Were they still... The, had the distinctive circular shape? Yeah. Okay. Um, and they were called uh, Cheery Oats, um, and they were marketed as a ready-to-eat oat cereal. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would call them Cheery Oats because they wanted to emphasize the main ingredient was oats to differentiate itself from all the other brands on the market because they were the only ones. Sure. Quaker Oats were very upset by their name. Okay. Um, Quaker Oats had predated Cheery Oats. Sure. And they, they felt that the oats part infringed on their trademark. That's ridiculous. Yeah, because oats are the ingredient, so I don't know how you can trademark an ingredient. Yeah, it's not like they had an Amish guy on the box. <laughs> is that who is on the box? Well, it's a Quaker. A person, a, a Quaker person is like, you know. But it's, it's... As the Quakers are a Christian sect, are they? So are the Amish. Are they related to the Amish? Well, no. I mean, like they're they're not related to the Amish, but like that would be like if you had a Quaker oats or Amish oats or Mennonite oats or any of the other like different. <laughs> Uh, you know, more specific niche uh, Christian guess, sex. That yeah. would, that, that'd be like... Evangelist. Evangelicos, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that really... Mennonotes. Jehovah's Witness. Jehovah's Oats Witnesses. <laughs> Kathy Oaks. Oats. Kathy Oats? Oh, Catholics. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> that one wasn't as good. Catholicism. Not... There we go. Catholicism. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, this is the kind of quality humor you should right. expect from this podcast. More moats. We could stop. More moats. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> you did. They already do Presbyterians. No. Okay. Stop. <laughs> Do one for Protestants. Protestants. That one's the, nah, yeah, that one's you know, it, it only has so many legs. <laughs> Presbyterians, I think, is the high watermark we hit here. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Those Quaker Oats were very mad at them. Um, it's unlikely that they would have won a lawsuit, but um, Cheerios were just like, we don't want to do that. So they changed their name to Cheerios in 1945. Hmm. And that's the distinct, and uh, sort of capitalizing on the distinctive shape that it has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 a it's cheery. It's an O. It's yeah. Cheerios. That's that's better. You know, a weird lawsuit like that. And now Quaker, I feel like, 
lives in the shadow of the incredibly successful Cheerios. Yeah, well, Cheerios, uh, I have a statistic for you. Mm. They um, are one-eighth of all cereal box sales in the U.S., is that just base Cheerios or also like honey nut, apple cinnamon? I don't know. Okay, you don't have Cheerios. that. Okay, but, okay, but still, that's yeah. uh, you know I would wager that even yeah, just regular Cheerios because they're they're everyone likes Cheerios mm. unless you have unless you are allergic to a certain aspect of them. Babies love Cheerios. Yeah, yeah. Babies like just walk around with like little pots of Cheerios all mm-hmm. the time. They they're just like Cheerio mad. It's kind of the best cereal to give to a baby because like you can't give a baby Rice Krispies. Mm. I mean, you could. Well, yeah, but like, I, I don't know. I feel like Cheerios... They'd be harder to eat. They're yeah. harder than this. Too small. Yeah. But Cheerios are good to grasp. Or like, and like cornflakes, they're too crumbly. Also, Cheerios design makes them harder to choke on. Yeah. Because they're not solid and they have a hole. You know the rumor them. about lifesavers? Uh, no. There's a rumor. This was later determined to not be true. But there was a story that someone... Someone had a kid who choked on a piece of candy and the and, and died. And the oh. doctor was like, oh, they would have lived if there had been a hole in it. And then the guy's like, oh, I have a new business idea. Which I don't think is true because that implies that that father is an incredibly sinister person. <laughs> um, I think it's just because they look like the thing, like a life preserver. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, like a life ring. Yeah. Yeah. Something you throw when someone falls overboard. Yeah, right? We call that a life ring. That's a, yeah, sure. Life ring, life preserver, life saver. Yeah, it's the same. A boy, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Anyway. Yeah, it's if you it's they're harder to choke on because of their yeah yeah. Anyway, um, so there, Jacob Rubin, we'll put a nice bow on it. Mm-hmm. Is a little bit of background and history and my own personal feelings attached to the term Cheerio. The similar terms parroted at me: Toodle-o, Toodle Pip, mm-hmm. Pip Pip, and then a brief history of the cereal Cheerio. Just just so as a little nugget for if you. If you take anything away, it's that cheer from this episode. Cheerios got their name because of a lawsuit, and don't do a British accent in front of a British person. <laughs> Unless you're filming a film. Yeah. yeah. And also, like, if you do just... Dick Van Dyke is grandfathered in. Use the phrases correctly. Yeah, really. That's all we ask. Do your research. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Boodoo a Goose. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to us in any of the places you can reach out to us, we have a Facebook page. Just search for Boodoo a Goose on Facebook. Additionally, you can leave comments on the various places where you see our podcast. We love ratings. We love reviews. They really help us get listeners. I've noticed a slight uptick in listeners. And I wanted to give a particular shout out because it appears that we have a uh, new fan in Germany. Oh, hi. I've noticed that uh, every there was a recent trend where I would look back at our episode statistics on Art19, which is the lovely hosting service that uh, provides our podcast. Um, thank you very much, Art19. For I've never shouted out Art19, but yeah, we appreciate the hosting. Um, and I noticed that Germany, uh, it, it looks like it's just one person. It looks like it's one German fan. But if you are our German fan, and maybe there's a, something that you would... I just think it's cool that we have a listener in Germany. Yeah, I think it's super cool too. And I also think it's a little creepy. Why? Not them, you. Oh, knowing that. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I don't think... Uh, yeah, all right, I see what, what I'm doing is crazy. <laughs> Jacob's tracking you. I am trying to figure out who it is. I've been going just on... Just like Santa. I've been going on German Facebook. Do you know when they've been sleeping? Do you know when they're awake? Uh, I know when they're downloading episodes, Do you know so be good for goodness sake. they've been bad or good? No. Oh. Well, I mean, I know they're, they've been good because they listen to our show. Oh, great. Yeah. You're on our nice list. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's uh, December, everybody. Lone German listener. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, thank you for listening to the show, no matter where you live. But uh, we have a lot of listeners uh, all over the country, all over the world. I see them in Ireland. I see them in the United Kingdom. I see them in Australia. Um, of Again, course, coming off a little creepy. I don't see them. I don't All know. right. <laughs> uh, 
I've been Jacob. <laughs> and I'm Annie. And this has been another episode of Boodoo Goose. Thank you for listening. And remember... Nobody says potato. Boo to a Goose is produced by Will Scoville as a part of the Comedio Network. Thanks to Hannah Wardle for the art and Max Abrams for the theme song, She Couldn't Say Boo to a Goose. Send any questions or comments to boo to a goose podcast at gmail.com. Today, documentary films are experiencing a major renaissance, and for good reason. But why are audiences increasingly choosing fact over fiction? Is it a dearth of realism, like endless comic book sequels and end-of-the-world action movies? Are viewers choosing authentic storytelling over spectacular visuals and far-fetched plots? Or maybe it's because docs f***ing rule. Hi, I'm Paco Romain. And I'm George Chen. And we host SupDoc. We didn't go to film school. We're just two comedians that dork out on docs. And since 2015, we've been recapping amazing documentaries with comedians, actors, and filmmakers like legendary comedians Dana Gould and Todd Glass. Musicians like Yacht and Dan Deacon. And even media stars like Jesse Thorne and Francesca Fiorentini. The AV Club called us enlightening, and Boing Boing said, SupDoc is a great idea for a podcast. So find us wherever you get your podcasts or join us at SupDocPodcast.com. And follow us on social media at SupDocPodcast.